Hey there, here's a thought, listeners. This is your host, Jan M. Flynn, and I'm taking a brief hiatus for a few weeks while I finish up some writing and do some traveling. So while I'm gone, I'm revisiting some of the older episodes that I recorded previously. Maybe you missed it the first time around, and if you didn't, maybe you'll find it worth another listen. In any case, thanks for being here, and I expect to be back in September with all new stuff. Hi there, and welcome to Here's a Thought, the blogcast for people who overthink. I'm Jan M. Flynn, a writer, and I confess that I overthink a lot. I know I'm not alone in this, and neither are you if you're someone whose brain sometimes runs like a hamster in a wheel. I'm not here to fix you. I'm just here to give you a brief break from the voices in your head by listening to the ones in mine. Now, I'm looking to take this show in a slightly new direction, and I would love your input. I still want to keep the episodes short, simple, and sweet. Okay, maybe semi-sweet, like good chocolate. But I'm thinking it would be fun to respond to listeners' questions or comments and build some episodes around that. Not Dear Abby, exactly. Just my take on what you suggest. Topics can be anything that's running through your brain and that you'd like to divert through mine to see what results. Things like food, entertainment, culture, weird table manners, African mole rats, whatever. So, if you've got a comment or a suggestion or even just a vague idea, email me at here's a thought eight. That's here's a thought, no spaces, followed by the number eight at gmail.com. I promise no spam and no selling or sharing your email address ever. See? Easy. Here's a thought eight at gmail.com. You'll find the link in the show notes. And whether you reach out to me or not, I really appreciate you being a listener. So here's something that I overthink about a lot because it's so embarrassing and painful. I have forgotten your name. And you can tell I've forgotten, can't you? You're too nice to point that out, of course, which in a way makes me feel even stupider. But I'm standing in the endless checkout line at the big box retailer, and you roll your shopping cart up behind me and say, Hi, Jan. And I, startled out of wondering if I was supposed to get that one kind of toothpaste they have here, the kind my dentist told me to use, or do we still have a couple of tubes left over from the stockpile that we bought at Costco, back when they still carried it, just like they used to carry those wool ankle socks that were so perfect. But now Costco stopped carrying them, too. Why do they do that? and mine have all disappeared into the black hole where socks go. So I probably should check to see if they carry that brand here, but that would mean losing my place in this line and walking another quarter mile back to the quadrant of the store that may or may not contain the socks I want, and I think someone just said my name. So I turn to you, and I recognize you immediately, I promise I do, and I give you a smile, a too big, strained rictus of a smile, because I can't come up with your name. Oh my goodness, hi, fancy meeting you here, I say, and follow that up with a weak laugh and some remark about how crazy these checkout lines are, right? And then I cheer up, how are you? But you're not fooled. You make polite conversation, but I know I'm busted. Above my grinning mouth, I feel my eyes glazing over with quiet panic, my mind spinning like a slot machine, that refuses to land on anything at all. I stare like a fish at the earrings you wear 
the ones I've complimented you on before when I've run into you. Where? Where do I run into you? At the library? The local coffee place? Did we used to work together? This goes on as we inch our trolleys forward until, mercifully, I reach the front and an automated voice announces, Cashier number four, please. Oops, that's me, I say. See you soon. Do I sound relieved? Was that the wrong thing to say? How often do I see you? Just before I shove off toward the register, you reply, Yep, probably next morning when I walk Moxie past your house. That's it. Moxie, the corgi puppy, the one who wriggles with unfettered joy when I call his name. You're Angela, his owner. Of course I know you. You live on the next block over. It's just I'm used to seeing you there, not here, out of context. But I can't say that. What I can say, now that you've kindly given me cover, is, Right, say hi to Moxie for me. I don't say, Say hi to Moxie for me, Angela, because we both know what's going on here, and that would just be too obvious. My cheeks burn while I load my car with my purchases and drive home, planning how I'll casually intercept you and Moxie as you stroll past my house tomorrow morning and make sure I call you by your name. Does it help to know you're not alone? I forget people's names a lot. And here's the thing. I always have, especially when I encounter them out of context, like running into Angela at the store instead of seeing her in Moxie. I remember dog names. This is the kind of forgetfulness people kvetch about as they get older. But in my case, it's pretty much been this way from the get-go. Sure, I have a harder time coming up with the title of movies or TV shows than I did a few decades back. But names? I've always been a little hazy on names. Does that make me a bad person? I used to worry that it did. Was I just too self-involved or too distracted or too uncaring to bother recalling the name that went with the face, voice, and personality of people? People that I'd met but didn't interact with on a regular basis. Were other people just not important enough to me? I didn't feel that way. But why did I have so much trouble keeping their names pinned on the bulletin board in my skull? And if I tried harder, like being introduced to someone at a cocktail party and mentally clamping down on the sound of their name, that felt like trying to catch a fish with my bare hands. And when I followed the common advice you hear, to repeat a person's name frequently as soon as I met them, I just sounded awkward, and I felt about as sincere as a used car salesman character from Central Casting. Well, I'm relieved to say that the brain science on this is reassuring, according to Dean Burnett, who's a neuroscientist, author, and blogger. He published a 2016 piece, an excerpt from his book, Idiot Brain, What Your Head Is Really Up To, for New York Magazine's The Cut. You can find the links in the show notes. And the piece he published is called, You're Bad at Remembering Names Because There's No Reason You Should Be Good At It. I felt better just reading the title. It's a fairly complete explanation of why it is I can remember a person's face with no trouble, but I get stumped when it comes to their name. It's not my fault. It's a brain thing. Faces have lots of information. Facial shape, eye color, expressions, the way a person twitches their lips when they smile, a particular dimple or arch of the eyebrow. All this plus the brain's pre-wired knack for picking out faces among bits of information, make them easy to recognize. Names, however, 
are arbitrary. They have very little to do with the person to whom they're attached. It's just a label, a random collection of letters and sounds that your brain assigns to short-term memory as soon as you hear it. And, unless something extraordinary happens that causes you to encode that name in long-term memory, like you get in a raging argument with that person, or you fall head over heels in love with them, or... Like the stupid advice says you repeat the name like a parrot within the first few minutes of meeting the person, some new bit of information is going to come along and shove that name right out of short-term storage. Especially during a social or business occasion, when there's a whole lot of other social cues and factoids coming at you at the same time. Burnett goes on to examine the difference in brain functions between recognition and recall. And the takeaway here is that even if you do manage to tuck the person's name away in long-term memory, there's no guarantee you'll be able to quickly and reliably recall it the moment you need it. And this is not necessarily related to aging. At least, Burnett doesn't say so in his article, so I'm going with that. So, just because I can't come up with your name when I run into you, especially somewhere out of context, that's no reason to feel insulted. I remember you. Like Shakespeare's Juliet says, What's in a name? A rose by any other word would smell as sweet. How about if I just call you Rose? Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Here's a Thought with Jan M. Flynn. New episodes land weekly, so if you haven't yet, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please help us build our audience by leaving a positive review or a star rating. And if you have a comment or a suggestion as to what you'd like me to overthink in an upcoming episode, email me at heresathought8 at gmail.com. So until next time, even if you don't remember someone's name, you remember them. So be nice to yourself. And may all your thoughts be good ones. Thank mm-hmm. you.